0: August 24, 2020. Today we discuss chapters 4, 5, and 6. The chapter titles are, The First Principle in the Science of Getting Rich, Increasing Life, and How Riches Come to You. Awesome Today, is a mostly daily show about stuff that might be awesome. Don't overcomplicate it. It's barely edited and sometimes offensive. Enjoy it. And have an awesome today, would you?
1: Hi. Hello. How are you? I am pretty good, pretty good. I'm trying to exhale some of the aggression. I've been on the hunt after a real crafty fly. Got my trusty fly swatter. Yep. Been hunting him. Take a swing, I miss. He buzzes right up in my face to try to taunt me. Yes. It's going to get ugly later.
2: Yeah. Do you think you got it?
1: Yes. Okay. Actually, I do. Yes.
2: Good. Well, I have to tell you before we start, I scan corrected in two matters. Oh, boy. It's, it's in your favor mostly. Okay. The first one definitely is. Okay. The first one is that you had 1910 in your mind as it was in regards to Wallace D.
1: Wattles. Mm-hmm.
2: Wallace. Big D. Bring in, Wattles. The, bring in the D. <laughs> Wattles. Yeah. Uh, and I thought maybe that was when he died. I stand corrected. That was when this book was published. Okay.
1: Okay. So you were right. Well, 1880s, which I think is what you mentioned. Yeah. Well, you must have seen or heard something along those lines, because I believe that is when some of these, uh, thought trails or whatever you want to call them were really beginning to be, uh, pioneered. Okay. That makes sense.
2: And I do remember that he's part of the New Thought movement, which yes. was a movement of philosophy around that time. And so definitely he and his sort of peers yeah. were all delving into a lot of this together. Can I
1: expound on that a little bit? Yes. So in some at some point in time today during prep for this episode, mm-hmm. oftentimes I will. Pause on the main task because of a question that arises. Do some quick looking. And we had made commentary yesterday around the fact that this is not the same thing as prosperity gospel. Right. There's certainly, though, enough things in there that kind of rhyme. Oh. Oh, Their theology that I I started like, well, hang on a minute. Hang on. And so I went and looked up. And so validating, verifying, yeah, what we said is correct, that there are several things, plainly prosperity gospel grabbed a hold of some of this because of its popularity and then they, they formed it into their, and it's old, it's not, you know, just Joel Osteen and uh, whoever the other names are of the recents. Right. Um, It's, it's pretty old and it goes back at least the 40s if not before. And, and, with it, there is no focus on the things yeah. for making you yes. a fuller, more complete person. It, mm-hmm. The focus is pretty much just on the money. Okay. And, you know, fun crap that you'd buy with money. And, and... it's pretty consistent. It's also interwoven with the faith healer stuff. It is, oh. all of it is deeply intertwined with the necessity that you give a crapload of money to the church first or to the evangelist <laughs>
2: first. Okay, that's yeah. a very important differentiating factor here. Yeah,
1: there, there's, and there's a lot of other things, but that, that would be like the most glaring, obvious, like, yeah. So anybody that's been feeling a little icky and thinking, uh, this sounds like, it does sound like it, but it sounds like it because the second came after the first. And yeah. And stole some of the popular concepts and twisted it to their will.
2: Okay. That's very good in clarifying and, um, makes sense in terms of like, there are things that kind of ping me and I'm like, Oh my gosh. I believe that. Is that true? But then to realign and kind of like take a step back and look at it. Bigger picture. That makes sense.
1: None of that diatribe was to say all of this is absolutely true. That's why we're reading the book is to figure some things out.
2: Figure some things out. Investigate. Yeah. Learn. Yeah. Uh, The second thing about which I stand corrected. There Mm -hmm. were two. And I know you do like a list of two. Two's are nice. Most people like a list of ten. As has been evidenced by our recent download numbers, our our 10 lists have... uh, Uh, It
1: wasn't a 10 list, it was a 14 list.
2: Oh, okay. People like a longer list, you like a list of two. People like
1: lists, period. it's very
2: efficient.
1: Probably two doesn't feel like a real list to most people. That's like, I can remember that, I don't need a list.
2: Oh, that's good. The second thing is, and I didn't remember this, I cannot be trusted ever to wear SPF 15 Sunscreen?
1: Uh-huh.
2: My face and neck are so sunburned and it's so uncomfortable. Um also I used just like some I think it's like copper tone. and it was like tanning lotion. It was a huge mistake. Yeah, yeah. I hate Did you skin. not grow up in the eighties? What's but wrong with you? I did. I thought that my skin could take it. I yeah. thought we've been through some things, but I have been pampering my skin with like fifty plus SPF for so long that yesterday it just fully was like, <laughs> you have put nothing on. And now you will be sunburned. So my face hurts, but more than that, my neck is like having, I think it's having like an actual skin reaction to the ingredients in that. So anyway, I stand corrected to you, to myself, and to the world at large, God included, that I shall not ever again venture into the summer sun wearing a tanning lotion of SPF 15. It was a giant mistake. I regret it. Immensely, and I say that just because it has been so long since I had a sunburn. I, I this is like my first sunburn. I just cannot believe how uncomfortable it is.
0: Well,
1: nice. It was done. Do you think this is because of your your translucent-skinned Irish heritage? Yeah. Or is it because of your? vampirism
2: oh i forgot about that yes it's a combination it's a delicate combination of the oh. two i'm a rare irish vampire that
1: in fact sounds like the sun's worst enemy
2: yes as is evidenced by my visage right now okay so there's careful
1: that. using words like visage next thing you know you're gonna crack out a me and get throat punched
2: <laughs> please punch my throat maybe it'll help <laughs> maybe it will help all right. No. What
1: day is it? Where are we? I what? don't even know. I've got to look.
2: For, this is for Monday, August. So
1: 23rd. 24th. 24th. Yeah, because I can't read dates even when I look at them, evidently. Mm-hmm. 20, 20, yeah. 22 twenty two plus plus 1 is 23 plus 2 is twenty. So, we're recording on Saturday, obviously. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, yes. And if we thought chapters 1 through 3 were full and that we might not be able to squeeze a whole lot else in... This is feels even greater, so we're going to get right to it. So
2: no history. You've abbreviated I've, that component. I didn't even
1: have time to look. Because this is so chock full. It's big. It's full of stuff.
2: All right. Dude. You really
1: brought the D on these three chapters. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter four mm-hmm. is the first principle in the science of getting rich. Yes. Take off.
2: Okay. This is where we begin to explore... What was your first thing up here? Okay. Yes. This is where we begin to explore the idea that thoughts Mm -hmm. can trigger creation.
1: I prefer to type thought as though I leave the T off the end and spell check doesn't catch it.
2: And just to be... 100% 100% clear. We're going to be talking about thoughts a lot, but we don't mean T-H-O-T. That's true as well. That hoe over there, yes. which I didn't know until my daughter started using that for perf- a lot. And then I had to investigate. And now every time I hear the word thought, I think of that. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking so about those
1: thinking thoughts. Thought dungeon brings on a whole new definition then.
2: Yeah, it sounds like something you'd see on Criminal Minds or something. Yes. Hey, does this chapter start with talking about original substance, or was that the last of chapter three? I At can't the remember.
1: tail end of chapter three, we were very loosely introduced to okay. it, I feel like. And then this chapter really lives around
2: it. Okay, so you guys, this chapter, I have listened to it like three times. I've read it. It is a lot of mind explosion stuff. Mm-hmm. and. We're going to try to hit some highlights but if you're having a hard time tracking that's okay because there's a lot here so at the most fundamental level according to waffles and others in this school of thought everything in the universe is made of the same original substance mm-hmm. it is formless it is supremely intelligent and it permeates everything around us including organic things even inorganic things and the spaces between them. So this is a very common thing. Like Jensen Shiro, uh really dwells on this a lot. Yeah. If you get into any teaching or uh, books or videos about like law of attraction and those types of things, they all really camp out in this idea that everything has an energy to it. Yes. Even non-living things, even this chair or whatever has an energy to it. And so this is kind of where that concept finds its roots is that everything is made for everything that exists is made from this original substance? Am I am I tracking okay so far?
1: Yes, and if you wanted to take that from either, I guess either perspective, if you were one hundred percent Big Bang evolutionist, all of that, mm-hmm. then effectively, yeah, everything that exists has some element of a singular substance shared across it. Right. If you want to take this from a Christian perspective, you could say that everything created has traces of the creator in it.
2: Yes. Yeah, that totally makes sense.
1: And that it is abundant in this, as far as we know, infinite universe, Mm -hmm. right? And so there is no lack of substance. Right. There is no lack of
2: substance. Um, A couple of other notes about this idea of original substance is that the source of it which we Kyle and I as Christians would consider to be God, but other people might say, you know, the universe or like Jensen chair, likes to say source energy, um, that it is inherently pro life in the sense that it is all about creating life. Mm -hmm. And it is in that sense, pro creation. It is, it moves ever forward with the, um, end goal, I guess you could say of life and creation, the creation Mm -hmm. of life kind of,
1: you could even equate this to nature.
2: Yes, And just,
1: you know, how a, an area is going to grow, period. Yes. Um, if it's, we, you know, we mow yards, we do things to try to hold back and force into form our, our plants around our homes. Yes. But left unchecked, oh. it is pro-life. It is growing yes. and, ongoing, and yeah, That's a
2: great picture of it. Absolutely. I want to make this next point and then I'm going to let you fill in some of it because I know I'm missing some things. But this next point I think is so important because we're going to circle back to it when we get to chapter six. So this idea that the source, again, could be God, whatever you want to call it, it flows naturally toward anything or anyone that supports life and creation. Mm -hmm. I be talking a lot more about creating as part of this concept of how you acquire wealth later. But the idea is, is that the universe naturally wants to move is magnetized towards. And this is where law of attraction phrasing comes in is that you're attracting things into your life, but it's like magnetized towards those people or things that are also like sort of Aligning with the bigger purpose, which is creating more abundance, more life, more creation.
1: Yes. Yes. If that's difficult to comprehend, another way to consider that would be to think of someone who is just wickedly charismatic. Yes. And people just cluster, are drawn to them, follow them, listen to them, go see them, all of that. And you can't explain why, and it doesn't matter a whole lot, other than they just that that energy seems to be there. Mm-hmm. You can't explain it.
2: It is inexplicable. But some people really—I don't know if they're just like inherently born with it, if they have, or if they have like sort of um, refined it as a tool, or if they have tuned it like an instrument. Mm-hmm. Some people genuinely do have that magnetism that is just inexplicable and we see it in celebrity for sure but also just like in day-to-day people all of us I think can think of people that are like that
1: not to sound too much too early like a proselytite of the big d waddles here but certainly it could be explained as those who have either accidentally or on purpose begun to behave in the certain way
2: that's true that's so true so anyway like I said you you take over because
1: I feel like I'm that, that's stuff. all good, and it's important to kind of comprehend that perspective. Where I really lived in this chapter was through the following series of, of considerations. One, um, our way of doing things is a direct result of the way that we think. Yes. That's pretty obvious Mm -hmm. and and we've discussed that before from a different perspective to say it doesn't really matter what you say it's what you do is what really tells you what you believe what's important to you
0: yes all of that yeah Um,
1: so our our way of doing things is a direct result of the way we think about things Uh and to do things in a way we want to do them we will have to acquire the ability to think the way we want to think so if you if you want a different behavior, you've mm-hmm. got to change your thinking to bring that into being. Yeah. Um, we have the natural and inherent power to think what we want to think, but it requires more effort to do so than to think thoughts which are suggested by appearances. Mm-hmm. In this, this is kind of a transitional idea, Um I don't know a great way to encapsulate that okay. and describe that just that maybe you have to be intentional. Mm. Um, you, you have to be purposeful and present in the moment to look beyond just a, a quick appearance right um, Even if there's you know someone there demanding well this is what this is, appearance also being a described sure. Uh, A described appearance, if you will, and really look and examine and and find and then believe Mm -hmm. what you've discovered. Yes. um, And then he he re-quotes from the past chapter. There is a thinking stuff from which all things are made and which, in its original state, permeates, penetrates, and fills interspaces of the universe.
0: Mm
1: A thought, again, I typed though like a jackass, a thought in this substance produces the thing that is imagined by the thought. Yes. Man can form things in his thought, and by impressing his thought upon formless substance can cause the things he thinks about to be created. Now, that's not as as magical and mystical as it kind of sounds super mystical we'll we'll touch on more words on that as we go yeah um so yeah that's what i got for chapter
2: four okay so just in a couple of other things that stood out to me again this idea that all tangible things are first created by intangible thoughts yes so that's that's a lot to wrap your mind around He says, no thought of form can be impressed upon original substance without causing the creation of
1: the form. So there's that. And Um, that that life thing is going to be attracted to the the thought and to create the form. It's an interesting... I'm still wrestling. Um, It's probably... It's either more intellectual than I was prepared to really wrestle with or... It's super simple, and I'm trying to make it more complex than it is. I think it's both. It's both and. Okay.
2: I absolutely do think so. So I'm a
1: smart ass and a dumbass.
2: Yes, all in the same. Excellent. All in the same box. And a
1: jackass, because I can't type the word thought with a <laughs> T on the end.
2: Um. Yes. Just uh, uh, this idea that the the just thinking things triggers the process of creation. I mean, he spends a lot of time really can. Emphasizing the importance of life and creation, and connecting it to thoughts. Um, the, and then he basically the the driving point of the chapter. And I got some of these summaries from a website that I now cannot remember the full thing of. It's like readinggraphics.info or something like that. They take texts, almost all nonfiction texts, and by like book by book, break it down into gra like those infographics. Okay. Um, And but then you can also just read paragraph style summaries of them. And so one thing that is like really the essence of this chapter is that he says, Waddle says, the only way to create tangible wealth is to begin with your thoughts.
1: Yes. Yes. It is, after all, the first principle.
2: Yes. In the science. That is the first principle. That's it right there.
1: So, Got to get your mind right.
2: Just as a reminder, we're on our, the path to discovering what the certain way is. If you didn't listen to Saturday's episode, then you missed the part where we were teasing the fact and yes. we didn't mean to tease it. He teases the fact. He teases it, yes. That people can tap into becoming rich, to having the abundance of life that they want when they do things in a certain way. Capital C, capital W, certain way. And so this is the first principle as we head down the path to discovering what that certain way is.
1: I do want to throw in one perspective that he alludes to but never says it absolutely in the negative. Okay. The thoughts, your thoughts are creative in in terms of as they join with the substance. Mm-hmm and so it is important and we know this from a myriad of different oh, yeah. sources whether you are a religious person or you're just a fan of self-help things right, or yeah. whatever else
2: or cognitive behavioral therapy yes. is completely based on this yes. idea
1: and so if you're going to dwell in the negative you're going to create negative things yes. if you're wondering why I have no luck I have this that the other thing you're in a sense you're creating a lot of that mm-hmm. now that can and and provided that we do end up one of these days writing a book together that we're talking about here, uh, that can go a lot further. And I think it does go a lot further, but we'll just call that the second teaser.
2: Yeah. And I think we can all think of examples of this in our lives of mm-hmm. um, how just changing our thoughts about something actually brought about a change. And again, I mean, we don't have time. to. I'm sure every person who's listening can think of a tangible example of yes. that. And it does make me wonder too, to what extent we just do not realize how much we could tap into this power of thought. Um, My best friend, Catherine has, she always laughs about the fact that she has this extraordinary luck that when she enters drawings or or things, she wins and it happens so much. And I, I think that it, I mean, I don't know if this is what happened, but I wonder if, you know, a couple of times when she was maybe younger, she, by sheer chance or luck or whatever, or maybe she actually did sort of impress her desire to win upon original substance to the point where she did win. But then once that started happening, she just started to believe, like, I am a person who wins things when I enter giveaways. It happens to a freakish amount of the time. I'm always teasing her about it, like, you win everything. Right. Um, But so, yeah, then that, that's just a silly example. But
1: truly. Is it too? Who knows?
2: Yeah, it makes you wonder what all is possible when you are in alignment with this ever expansive mm-hmm. uh, energy from God, or however you want to envision it.
1: Yes, yes. I mean,
2: we're gonna say God a lot, you guys. I it's, mean, we're faithful, yeah. practicing Catholics, so we say God. Feel free talks to talk about
1: God. feel yeah. free to imagine whatever word in there you'd like to. Yes. Um, but yeah. Okay so chapter five yes increasing life Mm -hmm. do you want to start or do you want me to
2: well he kind of starts with a pretty uh this is such a back on your heel statement talking about you got to get rid of the thought that the deity whoever that might be for Mm -hmm. you wants you to be poor right so even in the turn of the 20th century we definitely, and, and again, you can look at centuries upon centuries of religious orders and practice through right. Christianity that of have
1: embraced and vowed to yes, poverty and yes, yeah.
2: but so there's this idea that it's really programmed into us that that not only would God meet your needs if you are poor, but that He actively desires for you to be poor, right? And so He's like, no, 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 you got to let go of that attachment.
1: And I think that's the. I think that's the crutch, the word you just said, attachment, mm-hmm. is really, and that's, again, pushed back to Ignatian spirituality. Uh, so much of that, as you examine things, is about becoming detached and not detached in a way like I don't give a crap about anything, right. but detachment being not attached to this specific thing or this specific outcome, mm-hmm. um, but really examining Inwardly, yourself and your feelings towards it. A lot of a lot of Ignatian spirituality is uh, geared toward as an aid towards discerning between yes. different options that may be available to you. Right. And so, in the event that they're both there's there's nothing bad about either one, or nothing more good in one than in the other, then you would simply examine and say, well, how's my heart towards this one? How do I feel when I consider this one? Does it dredge up? anything negative or undesirable. Right. Um So, yeah, I don't know why I got all spun up on that, but I did. So there's that.
2: Well, yeah, I think that, and two, if I may just say this about Ignatian spirituality, a baseline for that detachment is the trust and surrender that you are fully loved, that you mm-hmm. are deeply loved by God, mm-hmm. and that you can relax into that, trust and know and have a sense of detachment in that no matter what happens or what step i take forward that i'm still held i'm still loved that you know this is all part of my becoming who god wants me to be does that feel right yeah, in terms yeah, of ignatian yeah. and,
1: and of ultimately things? then to tie back in becoming who god wants you to be is the one who is Yep. As, as Waddles would look at it, you're you are fully developing in in the three areas. Yes, exactly. Body, mind, and soul. Yes. Yeah, I liked uh, some of the the adjectives he threw around. This this initial statement was that we had to get rid of the last vestige of the old idea mm. that there is a deity whose will it is that we should be poor, or whose purposes may be served by keeping you in poverty. Yes. And it's and that's so like of course. Right. It doesn't mean that you'll never be poor. It doesn't mean a lot of things, but it absolutely means there's no necessity for it at all times and forever.
2: And that that's for everyone. And that that's the only position or posture from which you
1: can serve God. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think I think part of how we cling to or lack of accomplishment in an area, a, an unsatisfied desire in an area, rather than becoming upset, a lot of times Christianity historically has looked and said, "Well, it's because you know God wants we can serve God better if we if we don't have right this fulfillment if right. if this desire is never satisfied right yeah which I don't think is right now. Okay. I did for a while. Yeah. Like years of my life. But now I'm thinking now that it makes more sense the the other way.
2: Yeah.
1: Um what? You have or you want me to go? Well,
2: I have one more paragraph that really stood out. This okay. tra- this chapter it what is the title of it? Increasing life. It really mm-hmm. is based in this idea that and and I do think this is where we see a really big departure from what we would understand prosperity gospel to be is that the goal here is not your own personal yayas, yas right. and fun.
1: It's increasing
2: It's about life. increasing life. All life. Yes. Now, this is what... So, I, stop
1: mowing your yard. No, not that. <laughs> not
2: that. Stop killing spiders. Yeah. Um, no, this paragraph is difficult for me. I'm wrestling with it. I, mm-hmm. I want to believe it, but I'm still kind of wrestling. Um, so, he kind of says, we are subject to the urge of life uh, seeking... Seeking expansion to know more, do more, be more. In in order to do and know more, uh, to be more, we must have more. We must have more. Mm -hmm. We must have things to use. We do learn and become only by using things. We must get I wish I could read my own handwriting. Okay, this was the sentence. I'm like tracking with and tracking with and tracking with. And he says, We must get rich so that we can live more. And basically, so that there is not only more life for us, but also that there's more life for all. Because, and I think I can't remember if it's in this chapter or the next one, he really emphasizes the idea that this compulsion towards life that comes to us from God and, and the energy towards life, it's not just in us. Right. It's in every single person. Right. And so God increasing our wealth, our riches, the tools that we have at our disposal is not just for us. It is for the increase of life
1: for all. Yes. Yes. And that's part about being the benefit of being the best you mm-hmm. is that you are benefiting everyone that you you're interacting with as well. Yeah, um, And I and don't, again, we, we're going to really trigger and get hung up on the word rich. Yes, I do. I do. I think it's important to comprehend the differences from 1910 yeah. to today. If you wanted a, a book, did they even have libraries back then? I don't know. But if you I wanted to so. read a book, mm-hmm. if you wanted access to all kinds of stuff, I mean, you had to have money yes. to do that. We have... We've had an economic change mm-hmm. in that because of the internet. Yeah. So we do now have access to both an incredible amount of wealth, uh, or rather a wealth of information, an incredible amount of good information and an incredible amount of ignorance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a challenge to sort through. But there is information now, which is tools, that the cost is whatever your device and your internet connectivity charges are. Yeah that's a little different there's no way he in his lifetime would have had access to the amount of information that we do now that's true i don't think he could have created enough wealth and riches to buy it all
2: right 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 that makes sense
1: yeah so there was there was a thread of thought here that i found fascinating um bear with me while i scan my notes uh so this intelligent substance will make things for you, mm-hmm. but it will not take things away yes. from someone else and give them to you. Yes. You have to get rid of the thought of competition. And I really want you to think about that in every business that exists, in every structure of things that's competitive, that you win by taking away yep. from someone else. Right. And this says, no, you are to create, not compete for what is already created. Yes. You don't have to take things away from others. to drive. Sh- you don't have to drive sharp bargains. You don't have to cheat or take advantage of. You don't have to let anyone... i liked this one a lot. You don't have to let anyone work for you for less than they earn. Mm-hmm. You don't have to covet property of others. You are to become a creator. You will get what you want, but... In such a way that when you get it, every other man will have more than he has now. Yeah. And he gives some great examples there. Um, and, and pause for a moment. I, I will come back to the examples. He, he follows through and he says, there are those who get a vast amount of money in a manner opposite right. to this aforementioned. Yeah. There are some whose extraordinary ability on the plane of competition allows for creation of money, but the same power that produced them will dispose of them. Mm. And truly they have never been really rich. A record of their private lives shows them to have been the most abject and wretched of the poor. Yeah. And this is where this is, as we talked about yesterday, you know, leaving church and that rich jerk over there, this is, the negative side of, of people with a lot of money. Mm. It doesn't mean they're rich, but you see this competitive, nasty, oftentimes unethical. And then if that weren't bad enough, you watch what they do with their money, and they're not becoming a better them, and they're certainly not bringing any goodness to other people with it. Exactly, yeah. So that would support... The, the original idea that, well, to serve God, plainly, we've all got to be poor.
2: Right, 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 right. Yes, it sort of reinforces that. I think that yeah. way. Mm-hmm.
1: I liked, he says, riches secured through competition are never satisfactory and they're never permanent mm. uh, because there's always somebody better. Oh, yeah. There's always right. somebody better to come beach out. Mm-hmm. Supply is not limited, so competition is not required. Mm-hmm. Um, and that we should never look at the visible supply. Look at the limitless riches in formless substance and know that they are coming to you as fast as you can receive and use them. Yes. So, I don't know if I want to cover this now or in the next chapter. Um, Oh, gosh. Dead air. I'm doing such a great job. I'm producing the hell out of this. There's a
2: lot here. Yeah.
1: We read a book called Never Split the Difference. Mm -hmm. This is written by Chris Voss, who's the former FBI or CIA, FBI FBI Mm -hmm. hostage negotiator, Mm -hmm. like the dude for the U.S. The main one. He now runs a he's written the book. He runs a company that does corporate training for negotiation. And every time somebody says the word negotiation, what do you default to?
2: compromise
1: compromise right and it's a vicious argue yeah. match at the table and all of that chris's approach though he, he i think purposefully he he makes the messaging just mildly convoluted because if he just said outright what the real goal is most people would be like nah whatever but the real goal is that when you walk away from the negotiating table that both sides feel like they won that the value that they received is in excess of the value that they paid. Yes. And that requires communicating back and forth to figure out what does this person really want besides what they're asking for? Because we do most often a pretty poor job of asking exactly for what we want. Right, 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 right. Some of us worse than others. <laughs> and that's as he talks about everybody being better at the end of a at the end of a, a doing business with them, a negotiation, if you will. One of the examples that he he gives is he could take a mere priceless piece of art and trade it to some Alaskan fur trapper, and that it would be robbing, no matter how much the art was worth, it would be robbing that person because it was of no value to them. Right. But he could get several hundred dollars worth of furs in exchange for a $50 rifle, Mm -hmm. that the guy, if like that even exists anymore, right? Right. But for a $50 rifle that would aid this man In his work and all of that, and both of them would walk away receiving a value in excess of what they paid. He references then more simplistically the book that we're reading. If you were to buy that in physical form, the amount of money that you paid is more, most likely, than the cost of the paper and the ink and the materials to make the book. Yeah. But you get a good deal if there's something from that, from the book, that makes your life better. Yes. Yeah. The, the non monetary value that's still value. Right.
2: And that's definitely going to continue to be a theme throughout yes. the chapters that unfold. He definitely, this is one of the better books, and I just have basically never read much philosophy. Um, so maybe a lot of ph- philosophical texts are like this, but he does a really superb job of like laying this, this foundation, and then each chapter really both unfolds more of that idea and just Mm -hmm. kind of stacks on top of the other so that it really reinforces what he's saying, but you also are constantly seeing new components of of what
1: he's saying. One final tack on uh, referencing back to Chris Voss's book on negotiation. He, he commented uh, when you're a, when you're a real a-hole at the negotiation table and you just won't, communicate you're yelling and slamming the table and demanding your thing you may drive through a deal Mm -hmm. that is beneficial to you certainly won't be to the other party and very quickly where you will find yourself is that no one will do business with you Mm -hmm. anymore right because they get screwed every time they try to right conversely with this approach and i think this is part of maybe if it removes some of the mysticism, if your standard way of thinking and behaving is to make sure that everyone walks away feeling like they got a great deal, then everybody's going to want to do business with you, interact with you.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Is that you good for chapter five? I
2: am. Okay.
1: Chapter six, how riches come to you.
2: Bless you. Thank you. All right. So the kind of overview of this is where it really do, digs into the concept of create versus compete. Creation it looks
1: like I bled into chapter that's six. That's okay. Because
2: it's like it's yeah. all interconnected. Uh, but so many people see wealth as a finite resource that's either limited or it's controlled by others. But the source is, again, pro-life, pro-creation. The only way to stay in harmony with it. Is to seek riches in a way that creates more for you and, emphasis on and mm-hmm. others. Yeah, um, and so he kind of goes into even talking about your motivation cannot be solely your personal satisfaction. He also points out it can't be really for fame or for uh, even for charity. That an overemphasis on philanthropy. If you're yes. if you're like so, like. Determined to uh, to have wealth so that you can be this great philanthropist, even that is a form of selfishness. Yep. Um, because probably, if that's your goal, then inwardly, your ego is like, I want to be known as the best philanthropist that ever was. I want my name on all the
1: buildings. And Well, and, and if you go out of balance on anything, Right. you're not taking care of the other things. And doing exceptionally well at one thing does not make up for neglecting another. Right.
2: Right, right, right. As yeah.
1: he would describe it.
2: Yeah. So that's kind of the overview is there's this dichotomy between competition, compete, take mm-hmm. from others versus Create.
1: creation. Yeah. yeah. So we'd, I pushed and said, wait, explanation later, um, as we talk about the formless substance and, yes. and just, you know, things materializing. He says, because you are to cause the creation of your riches from formless substance it does not follow that they take shape from the atmosphere and appear before your right. eyes yes right? that's that's where i was left feeling earlier in it because it was in you know the third chapter for the day here chapter 6 that this is finally stated i had to go back and reread everything again
2: yeah
1: so that i could be like okay well now i can push my My skepticism aside and read this again. In
2: other words, he's not saying you cannot just sit there in a room and think like, I really want. He uses the
1: example of the sewing machine. And it's a damn good thing. Otherwise, there'd be a Jeep in the living room right
2: now. (laughs) You can't just think things into materialization instantly.
1: Right. And he's
2: not suggesting that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He says, rather hold the mental image of the things with positive certainty that it is being made or is on its way to you. From this thought, have absolute and unquestioning belief. Never think or speak of it in any other way than as being sure to arrive.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a challenge. Mm-hmm. But this is back to, again, everything's so intertwined, so spiderweb-like with his, his presentation. Right. is You have to train yourself to think. Yes. Yes. About what you want to think and be Purposeful and fixed and not distracted,
2: and this is the big, huge part of a, of a certain way, certain way of thinking is training your thinking. Yes.
1: Yeah. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna read this. and This is a long paragraph. Okay. But this really, to me, tied all three together. Okay. And it brought because we are Christians, we do believe in God. Whether you do or don't, if you want to consider just the one substance, consider some. I don't know. Consider whatever you want or throw the book out or turn us off or whatever. <laughs> this is, this is the, the paragraph, though. God, the one substance, is trying to live and do and enjoy things through humanity. He is saying, I want hands to build wonderful structures, to play divine harmonies, to paint glorious pictures. I want feet to run my errands, and eyes to see my beauties, tongues to tell mighty truths, and to sing marvelous songs. All that there is of possibility is seeking expression through men. God wants those who can play music to have pianos and every other instrument, and to have the means to cultivate their talents to the fullest extent. He wants those who can appreciate beauty to be able to surround themselves with beautiful things. He wants those who can discern truth to have every opportunity to travel and observe. He wants those who can appreciate dress to be beautifully clothed and those who can appreciate good food to be luxuriously fed. He wants all these things because it is himself that enjoys and appreciates them. It is God who wants to play and sing and enjoy beauty and proclaim truth and wear fine clothes and eat good food. Wow. Mm, that's
2: huge. Wow. Oh my
1: gosh. That, I could probably read that every day. Yep. And I may even. I don't know. Yeah. But that casts, it gets rid of this weird, taught guilt. Yes. Over things Why, of course if if you have an ability a talent and we all do Mm -hmm. at things right yes of course whether if if, even if you don't believe in god if you can pretend that there is one or maybe imagine this from just a parent child perspective if your child or maybe if you don't have kids if you would want you had an interest and ability in drawing you would think man if my parents loved me wouldn't they get me a sketch pad and some things to draw with and maybe class they would get me the things right that would allow me to really flex into and do this thing yes because that beauty that is they would enjoy that with you. They would enjoy nice. that through you. And quite often as a parent, you can't do the things that you see your kids excelling at. Right. That doesn't necessarily apply in a God type perspective, but he isn't, uh, to my knowledge, he does not come down himself and sit down at the drawing pad next to us like, move, let me show you how to do this right.
2: <laughs> you know what? I That is such a beautiful analogy. I hadn't thought of it that way at all. But an example that comes to mind in our family is, our twins are super into Legos, mm-hmm. as many young boys are. Mac, in particular, is very gifted at just looking at the blocks and building these incredible structures. Not, you know, not doing the kit, although he can do kits, mm-hmm. but just taking the blocks as kids have played with Lego for years and building things. I, different from God, I don't have that, you know, intelligent design of like, here's how you could really build this. But just the delight in my own heart, whenever I see what my child has created and because he had the tools, which is the little Lego bricks to be able to create it, I have to think that that's just a shimmer of the delight that God must feel in seeing his children enjoy what has been created for them and what they can come up with, what creativity and imagination they have to come up with. And, you know, you can apply that in the, in so many different contexts. Like right. I have to think that if, if you are a business person, um, who, is, who is doing business dealings in a way that's really creative and imaginative and really serving uh, the people and communities that you
1: interact with, I have to think that that
2: inspires the same sense of thrill within. it. Sure. Time.
1: Yeah. I, and I think, Oh, I'm going to lose my thought track. I was trying to hold my breath and remember it as you we were talking. <laughs> Damn. Um, It's, it's, I do believe it's God's desire for the gift that you have to develop that, to, to take that as far as you can. And you are bringing life to others with it in some way, shape, or form. Right. Of course he would want that. Of course that's, that's a holy thing. Yes. It's, it's correct and good and it would be such a travesty to not do the thing. So I don't believe he would withhold the ability, the opportunity for you to do that. I think we often place really weird Mm -hmm. things on ourselves that don't allow us to pursue it. Right. Exactly.
2: We limit ourselves, our limited thinking. That
1: wasn't exactly my thought. Maybe I'll remember it later. Okay. So where are you with all this now?
2: Um it's a lot, Mm -hmm. it's a lot to take in. It makes sense. I can see that thing of like thinking of something and and holding it in your mind and just like believing that it will already happen. It is happening. It will happen. It has happened. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen evidences of that, not related to many, but I've seen evidences of those types of things happen in my life with me being totally ignorant to this concept. And so in that sense, I can see how there are some people who by just, they've just sort of stumbled their way into like, if I do this, then this works out right? kind of thing. Um, but it, it is a lot of very heady philosophical paradigm shift.
1: There's anybody who played sports likely in the 80s or 90s. It's probable that they're familiar with this story. Um, I can't even tell you how many times I've heard it. There was a, a soldier who ended up being a prisoner of war during Vietnam. Okay. And while he was in the terrible conditions that they lived in, part of how he kept his sanity is, is he, he enjoyed playing golf. Mm-hmm. And part of how he kept his sanity is every day he imagined in fantastic detail the exact process of playing 18 holes of golf on the course that was near his home just every facet of it he would live it in his mind every day he would go up to the first tee box and checking whatever i'm not a golfer checking the things that you would check Mm -hmm. teeing up the ball getting stance grip on the club all of that taking a swing seeing where it landed Getting there, making the next club selection. He literally lived that every day in his mind. And his body, of course, was devastated by Mm -hmm. being a POW. He gets home, gets back to health, and he goes out to the golf course. And he shoots under par Mm -hmm. on it. Because that is how strong the mind and those thoughts can be at times. Yeah, Um, That's like I said, that's a story... That's been told in in athletic groups for ages now. Yeah. It's very powerful.
2: Well, and I, a couple of, like, about a year ago, I guess, uh, read a book by a neuroscientist who's named Dr. Tara Swart. Her book's called The Source. Yes. And it's the same idea. And this is, you know, fully backed by neuroscience, that how deeply, our brain controls our reality, our yes. thoughts. You
1: can even have mild increases in muscle mass from just imagining yes. doing physical activity.
2: Yes. So I, it's not that I am doubtful of the reality of this. It's just, it is like really, like I said, there's so many mind explosions in every sentence. And to yeah. think about it. It has really elevated my understanding of what is the purpose
1: of being rich
2: because I do think I've been so formed
1: in. And what is rich? And what
2: is rich? Exactly.
1: It's having the things. Yes. To me. That's what I'm gathering. It's having the things and not just the things. It's having the things that allow you to express blah stuff words are leaving me it's it's satisfying every desire is is something that hasn't been recognized it wants out of you
2: yes
1: he he gives the example of a little kid
2: yeah that's
1: sitting at a piano and he's really frustrated and the the, the adult asks you know what's wrong he says i can i can feel the music inside of me but i can't make my hands make you, it come yes, out
2: yes yes yes, Th- yes
1: this is unrecognized potential right desire and so yeah yeah it's good stuff it is i
2: mean having even listened to the chapters several times it's still a lot to take in but it is good
1: it's a very encouraging yes. message whether or not you're willing to embrace the certain way or yeah. not
2: yeah 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 yeah
1: i think there's some really strong takeaways in here i agree Yeah. all right last thoughts any thoughts no thoughts no more thoughts. Have an awesome today. Would you? Please
0: you. bye Bye. Some of the ideas presented in this text are more easily defended than the ideas impressed upon us in our youth. This is threatening and exhilarating at the same time. Find Awesome Today and Sorta Awesome Media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and literally everywhere podcasts are found.